talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. This is the Hope FM Artist Interview. And welcome to this week's episode of the Artist Interview podcast from Hope FM. And I'm very pleased to say that I get the joy as your host, Gordon T, to speak to people from the world of contemporary Christian music. And this week, we've got an absolute delight, some wonderful music and some great stories to share because it's none other than Tasha Layton. And before we meet Tasha, let's hear this first track. Regular listeners to Hope FM will be familiar with it because back in ooh, August 2020, it had uh, no eight weeks in the charts, peaking at number nine. Uh, and this track is called Into the Sea. And that was Into the Sea by Tasha Layton. Hey, Tasha, how are you doing? Hello, how are you? Very well, thank you. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. We're very pleased you could join us today. Um, I've got to say, at the moment, you are in the Hope FM charts here in the UK. Uh, and we're going to hear that track later on. But um, I guess maybe you're, well, big in America, very well established there, very successful, but in the UK, perhaps a little bit less well known. And it'd be wonderful if you could share maybe a little bit of your life story, where you've come from uh, and the journey that Jesus has taken you on uh, and how your music has been part of all that. Yeah, well, I grew up in a Christian home and uh, kind of out in the middle of nowhere, um, grew up poor and always had a kind of had a complex about that. Um, you know, I grew up in the church, but what I knew of religion was kind of a hard pew and frilly socks that itched and being told to be quiet on Sundays. And, um, you know, we changed churches when I was eight or nine years old and I walked in and I remember sensing the presence of God for the first time. And that really created a hunger in my life, um, to know God and to know scripture. And so I became really hungry to know the Bible and everything I could learn and was there every time the doors were open, which made it all the more painful when I was really wounded in church. There was a church leader who um, was an unhealthy individual themselves and really wounded me. And uh, so much so that my family left the church and has never returned after all these years. Um, But I went on a journey because I needed to know truth. I was hurting. I was not okay. And I couldn't reconcile how Christians could be so mean and yet um, could be followers of Christ. I, I, I just didn't have the tools to deal with what was happening in my life at 16. And so depression set in and I went to mosque and synagogue and, um, Buddhist meditation camp, and I studied mysticism in Europe. So you were a real, a real seeker at that point, where you? you were looking, you were looking for truth. Yeah, I didn't want to just believe something or say I believe something because I was told. I needed to experience it firsthand, and so um, I thought, you know what? If all truth is God's truth, if I keep looking, I'll find it. And so I um, even studied mysticism in Europe for a couple summers, and at the end of that process. Um, you know, a lot of humanistic philosophy I was getting in college, coupled with a church split and being separated from my family and going off to school. It was kind of a recipe for disaster. And I tried to commit suicide. And at that lowest of low, when I tried to commit suicide, I realized in all these other religions, you're 
striving to reach enlightenment, to be good enough. And even in the religious spirit of Christianity, you're trying to be good enough to be accepted by God, or you're working out of um, your own works instead of grace. And so something about that, um, you know, didn't resonate with me. I thought, okay, all these are the religions you're striving to reach God, but in Christianity in the gospel, Jesus is in pursuit of you. He came down to earth to reach us. And something about that shifted for me intellectually. And I decided to go back to church. Um, I didn't feel anything. I was still very numb from depression and isolation, severe isolation, and was catatonically depressed at one point. And, but I just thought, you know what, I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. And I'm going to go whether I feel it or not. And something's got to stick. I need it to stick because I'm not okay. And I need this to work for my life. And so a year later, the pastor said, do you want to come up? You know, anyone want to come up to the front of the service and we'll pray for you at the end if you need prayer. And I left three hours later. I always say I was just a sobbing mess on the carpet and they had to replace that square of carpet where I was laying because I just ruined it with all my snot and tears. Um, But that was an alter moment for my life. Uh, the trajectory of my life changed after that moment. God met me in that place and I began to feel something for the first time. He reminded me of the calling on my life. And I ended up going to seminary and working at a church as a worship pastor. And um, and then as a fluke, just ended up in the music industry, did American Idol, um, sang for Katy Perry for four years on tour. Um, and have ended up in Nashville doing my own thing and running my own ministry. And so that's where I am today. Wow. Do you know what? I'm, I'm really sorry to hear about the depression. I'm really sorry to hear about the suicide. And most of all, I'm really sorry to hear that you were hurt by a Christian in a Christian context. Yeah. That's, that's devastating. To well, hear. where I was hurt by Christians in a Christian community, I was also healed by the same. And God didn't call us to be alone. You know, he's three in one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He could have chosen to be alone, but he didn't, and we're created in his image. And so the first four commandments are vertical, but the rest are horizontal. It's our relationship with other people. And so um, I was very much healed in community as well. Well, that's brilliant here. I've got to say, when God steps in and when people allow themselves to be touched by him, miracles can happen and things that you think yes. can never be changed can be changed so and clearly looking at you you are smiling away and actually almost comically you said that you 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 walked into like music industry by mistake and then just rattled off american idol katie perry yeah. it's like tiny sentences like but those are yeah. those are quite big things as well um to, yeah to they own. were i was in your neck of the woods for about four months out of the year uh touring with katie but um yeah it was an incredible experience and i think i i knew who i was before i did that i had already gone to seminary and gone to a lot of counseling and um just because i had that altar moment with the lord didn't mean that I was completely healed from the trauma that I experienced. I, I had a lot of years of counseling to go and a lot of inner healing to go where God took me back to those places of hurt in my memory and showed me where he was when that happened and what he had to say about it. And that really moved the truth from my head to my heart in a way that I'd grown up believing lies about myself, even from 
uh, being rejected from being for being poor or what you know whatever um i had lived through the lenses of those lies my whole life and didn't realize it and um i went to counseling to deal with my church hurt but ended up dealing with my childhood and i think that's kind of true for most of us that we really need to dig down to figure out what in our lives doesn't line up with what God actually says about us. Um, I think sometimes we have views of God and ourselves that are not true, and we have to replace those lies with God's truth, which is exactly what Look What You've Done um, is about. The song that I wrote, it's my life's testimony in a song, and uh, it's really um, one of my favorite lines is, I thought I was too broken, but now I see you were breaking new ground inside of me. And I think sometimes when we feel the furthest away from God. He's actually sometimes the closest and we don't even realize that a breakthrough or some kind of miraculous healing in our life is very close if we just hold on. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I had noticed that line in the song and I thought, oh, that's a really challenging, interesting uh, line. You just mentioned a moment ago about lies that we believe about ourselves and that's also in the song. Would you be happy maybe to share some of the lies that you were believing about yourself and what God has replaced those lies with? Yeah. So one good example was, um, you know, I came home one day from school when I was five or six and I was so excited to tell my dad at the dinner table, something special that had happened that day. I don't even remember what it was, but in that moment, he had had a hard day and kind of responded to me sternly. And he probably didn't even respond to me as sternly as I took it as a child. Sometimes we interpret things differently when we're children. Um, but I thought, oh, in that moment, I felt hurt. And I thought, oh, I'm not worth getting to know. And I think that subtle thing that I felt as a, as a little girl um, caused me to believe that I wasn't worth getting to know. And so even in my choices with um, future mates, you know, my, my choice for a man to marry, I was making some choices that maybe were healthy because I didn't know what my own worth was. And so, um, God took me back to that memory and said, um, and I decided, okay, I felt hurt. I felt maybe worthless in that moment. And I made a vow that I wouldn't let anyone get to know the real me, God, where were you in the room? And what do you want to say about it? And so I began to cry in that moment of inner healing with my therapist at 30 years old, because I realized, oh, Jesus is sitting right next to me. And he is intimately um, just excited about getting to know me, even though he created me. It's kind of a funny thing to think about that he wants to get to know you, but he also already knows every part of you. And so um, it was just such a special moment. And I realized God loves me so much and he wants to know me and he's interested in what I'm doing. He thinks I'm so valuable and worth everything to him and moved the truth from my head to my heart. Wow. That's a, that's a beautiful example and really interesting that it went right back to, to that sort of age. Um, and, and my own wife has a, a story actually not too dissimilar to, to that one mm. about where she drew a picture uh, and she wanted yeah. to show her dad, but her dad was busy and didn't want to see it. And and that for her was something that just stuck in there a little bit. But actually when, yeah. when people sometimes just take time to ask God, what are the things that have shaped what I feel about myself? 
God can bring these things to mind and and beautiful you saying about Jesus sitting right with you and also wanting to get to know us is it's not just that he wants to get to know us because like I say he really knows us but it's us inviting him isn't it that then actually we when we know that he wants to know us that's when it changes everything yeah so you said you said you went to college well what what did you study at college in college I was a music and art major and I changed my major from music and art to music and, I mean, sorry, art and religion. So I finished with art and religion. And then I went to seminary and got a master of divinity after that. And so um, my undergrad religion degree was really in Eastern religions. It wasn't in Christianity. And then uh, my seminary degree was obviously in Bible, Old Testament and New. Wow. Okay. So, which is great because when you're writing songs, it means you've got a good theological um, standpoint, I would imagine. So. Oh man. Yeah. If you're, you're really teaching people theology when you're writing songs. Um, so you gotta be careful yeah. what you write about. <laughs> Cause you're, you're totally right. Uh, when we sing songs and we're repeating those lines, that's a, often people get their belief systems from that sometimes more than the Bible itself, which is yep. a little bit worrying, but yep. I'm definitely aware for myself. It's much easier to remember the lyrics of a song with a great tune than it is sometimes to just remember scripture verses. Uh, in fact, yes, today, uh, Jesus I, loves me. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. He does. I was I was walking around the house today singing your song in my head, and I went, "Oh, it's a really good song because it's it's stuck in there." So, um, yeah. in fact, talking yeah. of your song, we should we should probably play it um, before before we do that. Is there anything else you'd like to say about "Look What You've Done"? it is my life story in a song and it's about God digging up the roots of the lies in our lives and replacing them with his truth. It's about taking that finger of accusation that makes us feel shame and turning it around and saying, no, it's not about what you've done or failed to do. It's about what he's done on the cross for you and um, how he loves you. It's a beautiful song. In fact, I should just to say this track has uh, now been in our charts for 21 weeks. So this is being recorded at the end of February 2022 uh, and it peaked at number three. So it's a fantastic song and it's an absolute wow, awesome. honour to play it. And thank you for joining us. Uh, Tasha Layton, this is your track. Look what you've done. And that was Look What You've Done by Tasha Layton. And Tasha, thank you so very much for everything you've shared uh, from your heart, your story, which obviously has got pain within it, but also God's glory and healing. Uh, it would be wonderful if right now you were happy to pray for our listeners. I'd love to. God, I come before you right now and I lift up every single person who is under the sound of my voice wherever they are in their relationship with you, in their journey of faith and seeking, God, that you would meet them in that place, that you would show yourself to them and that they could even test you in that, that they would ask you to show up in their lives and that you would show yourself faithful. I pray for those who feel strong in their faith right now that they would be bold and courageous like Joshua to step into the things that you've called them to do without fear, because you haven't called us to a spirit of fear, but of power and truth and of a sound mind. 
God, I pray for the people who may feel weak in their faith right now, that you would show yourself strong, that you would reveal yourself to them in all kinds of different capacities. And for those who are hurting right now, who may be struggling with depression or anxiety, God, that you would help them uh, turn inward and Holy Spirit that As you say in John, you lead them into all truth and that you would literally lead them to the roots of the lies they're believing in their lives. I remember uh, someone saying to me one time, depression is just the body's way of telling you thing needs to change. And so, God, I ask that you would show them what needs to change in their lives. I pray that you would surround them by loving believers who would support them and be of a resource to them, whether that be a listening ear or helping them to find counsel or uh, helping them to know scripture more, um, to be able to stand on that, whatever they need, God. I pray that they wouldn't be afraid to reach out to doctors to help or to clinics to help or to people to, to be a support system for them, a suicide hotline, whatever that is, God, I pray even now they would know that they have more fight in them than they realize, that they would stand up and say no to the enemy of their soul because we know that we are in a spiritual battle that there are things going on around us that we can't see and that um, we each have a beautiful call on our lives to be in relationship with you and one another and to serve your kingdom. And so there is a target on our lives. And so I pray that people would recognize that they would have your eyes and your ears and your perspective on their lives, that they would realize what's happening and that they would stand up and stand on the word of God. They would stand on the truth that you've spoken over their lives and that you would give them a new name, so to speak. Maybe the things they believed about themselves or about you that are not true, that God, you would replace those things with yourself because you say in your word, you are the way, the truth, and the life. And I thank you, God, that you also say, whom the son sets free is free indeed. And I pray for freedom for all those under my voice that they would sense the Holy Spirit's uh, almost like a wind but behind them, pushing them forward. And that you would hem them in, like you say in scripture, that you go before them, you're all around them and you live within So we thank you for your presence and we worship you and we ask that you would have your way in our lives in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so very much, Tasha. And one thing I want to add on to that is um, for people who feel they've lost all of their joy. I just want to speak over you the fact that God is the God who releases joy who brings it back. And I just want to encourage people to reach out to God and say, God, this is where I'm at. I've lost all my joy and enjoyment of life and those around me. And I just want to say right now, God is the God of restoration. So Tasha, thank you so much for all you've brought. It's been brilliant. Oh, you're welcome. Funny thing about joy is when, when you're struggling in life, it seems like joy is the first thing to go. And yet he says that, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. 
he says in scripture. And I think it's important to know that um, sometimes to feel the most joy, we have to feel some pain too. <laughs> and I think I've, that's certainly been true in my life. Yeah. Well, um, if, if you're listening at home and you're in a situation where you relate some of the things that Tasha's prayed, I just want to encourage you to reach out. She gave some really good examples of places that you could reach out to, but also say there are many churches that would love to help you know more of God's love. So if you're in the UK, uh, look up www.findachurch.co.uk. And if you're listening to one of our partner stations worldwide, contact the station and ask them, is there a great church you can recommend for me? Because there are people who would love to help introduce you to God's amazing love. So Tasha, um, one thing we haven't talked about, I guess, is family life. Um, so I understand you are married to someone who is a musician in his own right. Um, tell us a little bit about who he is and how you guys met, if that's okay. My husband is Keith Everett Smith, and he is kind of a freak of nature. He plays every instrument and does it so well. It's just insane. He is so good at what he does. He plays in Toby Mac's Diverse City Band, and he's a producer and a writer and just amazingly talented. He, he produces and writes a lot of my music with me. And, um, you know, we, we have an amazing miracle story in regards to our family. Um, he had known for 10 years that he couldn't have kids when we got married. And I had been told that it would be really difficult for me as well. So we started the adoption process and started getting materials and everything. And um, we were praying and fasting for the year on January 1 of uh, a certain year of our marriage. And I heard- Was it just, just to check, did you say you're fasting for a year? We fast, we fast every January 1st. Oh, on the 1st of January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, I guess I was, I was a bit confused. <laughs> They're going to be very hungry if you're fasting for No way, man. I love food. I would waste away. On the 1st of January. you. Yes. On January 1, pray and fast for what God wants to do for us that year and what he wants to say to us, how he wants us to serve. And I heard the Lord say that we needed to believe for a child and I was afraid to tell my husband because, you know, he had already dealt with the grief of not being able to have a child for 10 years. And he had always said, what would it say about God if he couldn't heal me? And what would it say about me if he wouldn't? Would I be a bad dad? Did I do something to deserve this? And um, I told him and he wrestled with it for a few days, but then he came back and said, okay. And so we were in Uganda on a missions trip and I was leading a song called miracles. And part of uh, our story is that his infertility was caused by a back injury when he was a teenager. And so um, his back, you know, he had chronic pain. And during the song, I look over to my right and Keith is on the ground crying and he comes up to me and he says, I think God just healed my back. I'm warm all over and I can't get it to hurt. And they prayed for us that night that we'd be able to have a baby. And we were pregnant two months later with our little Levi. Uh, and then we had Levi. And then after that, we thought, gosh, was that just a, a one and done type situation? Are we healed for good? Or did God just give us one, one child? And so we prayed again. And again, within three months, we were pregnant with little Lila and um, so we have two kids and we live here in Nashville and we're both in music and we both tour and it is a roller coaster ride every day and a puzzle of working our calendars together uh, <laughs> since he tours and I tour. I can see that being a challenge. Yes. Yeah. And sorry, how old are the kids? Four and two. <gasps> 
gosh okay so that that does make it exciting times that's that's for oh, sure yeah. in fact that's interesting you mentioned being in uganda because sometimes when i speak to americans and this is not meant critically but sometimes when i speak to americans which i do quite a lot they sometimes have a very american-centric sort of lifestyle and they say oh yeah i've toured everywhere and then they tell me every single state that they've toured around i'm like oh, there's <laughs> more, more to the world than that i feel yeah. so but you've been to uganda on a mission trip so was that a one-off or have you been on mission trips in various places no i i've been on a lot of mission trips all over the world i think i've probably been to over 50 countries um between missions and touring with katie perry um that that took me all over the world so um i definitely don't feel american in some sense <laughs> i definitely feel american in some ways and then in my worldview um i i don't feel as american i don't feel like no that uh... I think that sounds amazing. On 50 countries, is a lot of countries to have been on. It is. <laughs> My passport is quite large. <laughs> I, I would I would like to know. So from one of your mission trips, often people have got like a, a favorite story. Obviously, the story of, of your husband's back is, is a standout story. Is there is there another occasion when God moved in some sort of amazing way and you just go, wow, that was extraordinary? Absolutely. Uh, I was in Kenya one time and there was a, um, we were doing a kid's camp for the kids in the area. And this was the same place where they had a lot of election violence um, and sort of, uh, you know, a lot of just political unrest. And we were in this area and we were holding this kid's camp and there was a man underneath a tree um, kind of a little bit of ways and he was on his phone and I just didn't get a good sense in my gut about him. He just seemed dangerous or not, not okay. And so I just began to walk around the perimeter of the property as the kids were um, participating in the camp and was just praying and singing the only song I knew in Swahili and just praying. And when I stopped, he came up to me and he said, who is this Jesus? And I shared the gospel with him and started to pray for him. And in the meantime, the pastor who was hosting us came up and quickly ushered me away from him. Um, and I knew there was a story there that I wasn't aware of. And so um, turns out this man was a murderer in town and had participated in part of um, the murders and the election violence. And uh, had come to the kids camp that day to do harm. And he heard the gospel and uh, we prayed for him and his life changed. And he's, we baptized him the next week and he's working at the church there now. And so uh, it was just an amazing story and he was delivered in that moment and God really met him in that space. So that's one of my favorite stories. I still have a picture of him that I, um, that I keep, that I look at. Wow, that that is an amazing story, and uh, God's love reaches out and touches someone who's possibly one of the most offensive crimes to to, to us as people. If you murdered someone, you're done for. That's that's it. Throw away the yeah. key, sort of thing. And yet, God and His grace and His love changed His life around. That's yeah, fantastic. Okay, that that's a great story. Thank you for sharing. Uh, and from your time with Katy Perry, can I ask about how does that work? Because uh, this is secular music gig. I can imagine sometimes it's quite wild. As a Christian, how did that work? 
You know, I, I think if I had taken that job before seminary and before being a worship pastor and knowing who I was in Christ, it definitely would have ruined me. I mean, you have every access to anything you could want in that space and no accountability whatsoever. Um, but, you know, when I took the job, I clearly felt a grace and a calling from God to do it at that time. And a lot of people didn't understand. I had a lot of people reach out and um, were very offended that, you know, that I took the job and asking me, you know, how could you sing those lyrics and how could you do that? And um, the only answer that I had for them was salt doesn't season anything in the shaker. You have to get the salt out of the shaker to season your food. And um, we can't stay in the church bubble and affect the world. And so I felt it was very missional for me. I, and God taught me a lot during that season. Um, I learned how to love without talking about my faith. I learned that just my presence alone makes a difference because the living God of the universe of the universe lives inside of me. The living, breathing God of the universe lives inside of me. And so that's enough. Um, but I did share my faith some too. And I think um, in the end, it was interesting because I felt like I served in that capacity. I served Katie, but I also was served. And I, I learned so much that I use now in my ministry and in um, even production wise, as far as my shows and stuff like that, I, I feel as if I have less roadblocks than other people entering the space because I, because of the experience that I gained with her. And so, um, it was a great, a great experience. And I got to travel the world on someone else's dime. It doesn't get any better than that. Wow. That's, you know what? I love the fact that you're talking about being missional and I love the fact that God taught you good things through it. And the fact that actually he does absolutely take us into the places where we need to be as Christians to shine the light. And, uh, and that's your, your attitude, the fact that God had prepared you beforehand so well that you could go into it and not be tarnished and damaged by it, but just bring his love in whatever situations you find yourself in. Is there a story from one of those tours without naming any names, but is there a moment, maybe something that was very funny or something that went a bit wrong? Oh gosh, all the time. Uh, when you're traveling with dancers and creatives and uh, people with big personalities, there's always going to be um, things. I, I'd say, I, I can't remember. I think we were in Malaysia um, and we were playing a venue that was actually a pool that they empty out because it's on such an angle. They use it like an amphitheater when the water's not in it. And so they'll drain the pool and have shows in the pool. And so we were in this pool doing the show with drained water and it began to rain so hard that the pool began to fill up and we had to run and exit because of all of the electronic stuff and everything. So before I know it, I'm being carried on the shoulder of a security guard through this water and we're shutting down the whole show because um, the, the equipment is shorting out. So it was just funny. I mean, we, we have lots of stories like that from all over of, of crazy stuff that happened and some I can share and some I can't, but, um, but that was a wild ride for sure. That, that does sound less than ideal to be in a swimming pool of water with electrical equipment. Not, not, not ideal yeah. at all. Uh, were the people all there as well? Was it actually going, the gig was in process? Oh yeah. 
Man alive. Oh, yeah. We were in the middle of the show. Had to shut it down. Wow. Okay. Um, talking about the Bible, though, because clearly you spent a lot of time looking at the Bible. And I've been show is there a Bible character that you feel you most relate to and who and why? I think David. You know, I I love how when he writes the Psalms, he, he was an emotional being and he didn't steer away from his emotions. He leaned into his emotions. He was honest about them. And when he writes, I love that he writes about his valley moments. But then in the middle of Psalms, it says, but God. And then he says, you are the lifter of my head. You are my rock. You are my fortress. And so he knows how to meet the reader where they are but then lift them out of that pit with the reality and truth of who God is. And so, um, and he's such, you know, such a poet in some ways and meditated on God's word. Um, I just like to think that there's an element of his heart, um, the heart of David that, that I also carry for God. And so I think I really relate to him. Yeah. It's, I, it is a common choice in the music industry. But everyone's got a slightly different reason as to the bit that they they choose, uh, yeah. and um, I've got to say, uh, I, I'm not musical at all, except for I love listening to it. But I do love listening to the Psalms. My wife often reads them to me, which is great. Um, yeah. So, when you were fasting on the first of January, 2022, and asking God what what things He has for you this year, what things was He talking to you about? I think. If there's a way to say this in a spiritual way, rolling with the punches, because there's a phrase we use in America, and I don't know if you use it in the UK, but to roll with the punches means to just go with what's going on. And God has put so many things on my plate to where I don't feel a sense of control over any of it. And sometimes that can send us into a tailspin or we can lean into his grace and his strength and let him create something beautiful out of it. And I think that's where I am now, where I don't feel like I have a sense of control over anything in my life because stuff is so crazy. And at the same time, I feel a rest um, over it all that he's in control and that he's working while I'm waiting. And that is the sense that I've had over the the whole year to just roll with the punches and go with it. Hang on, dear life, and let him take me on this roller coaster called calling and purpose. Wow. Well, that's an exciting, exciting challenge, but not always easy to walk through. And I guess one of those punches that you probably wouldn't have realized at the time that was going to come was your your dad being seriously ill. Could you yeah. just tell us a little bit about what's happened there and give us an update on the situation? Yeah, my parents had reached out to me in January saying that they had COVID. They actually had COVID at the same time as my husband and I and our kids. We all had it at the same time. And, um, you know, I was kept checking in with them and they said they were getting better. And I think they honestly didn't uh, realize how sick they were. Um, and so they said they were getting better, but they, they really weren't. And so my dad ended up with uh, COVID pneumonia that was very severe. He ended up in intensive care here. Um, in South Carolina and was there for a long time and wasn't going to make it. And I was, you know, receiving a call at that time I was in California and um, got a call to fly home. 
uh, because it was not looking good. And then I posted something and people began to pray. And my mom said his oxygen just started ticking up when people were praying. And it was just an amazing turnaround. And uh, he eventually moved to a regular room in the hospital and now he's starting rehabilitation. And so um, just really thankful. I, I don't think you realize um you know, how you're going to respond to losing a parent until you're faced with the possibility of that. And so um, it's been a little bit of an emotional year already, but also we've seen God's faithfulness and his healing hand um, with my dad. It's been amazing. Well, I'm pleased to hear that he's making a recovery and I hope that that carries on in that direction. And, and the rest of your family, you're all at clear and okay now? Yeah, yeah, we we all had COVID around the same time, even though we live in different states. And um, it just seemed like a huge wave of it was kind of coming through the U.S. at once. And um, everyone I know had it, I think. And uh, so we all had it, and now we're we're good to go. Well, I'm pleased to hear it's back to back to the action. So musically, then 2022, you've got a single that's doing really well. Um, and I think so far, is it three or four EPs that you've released? Uh, I don't know, maybe three, <laughs> three, four. I don't know. We're about to release uh, some more songs really soon. And the new single is going to hit here in the US um, in the next couple months. And um, I also have a Christmas vinyl record that's coming out at the end of the year. Um, a spring tour, a fall tour, and a Christmas tour. So um, we are busy, busy bees this this year. And I, I also wrote a book about my healing journey and how God um, used his spirit along with my therapist for me to gain freedom in my life from the lies I believed. And so it's called Boundless. And it's on Amazon right now, but we're tweaking it a little bit and we're going to tour the book as well. Um, and I'm going to do two conferences this year with the book. So I'm super, super excited about that because that's really the motivation for everything that I do. Even the music is that journey of freedom. Wow. <laughs> I tell you what, it's a very, very busy year then, but uh, I guess that means able to connect with lots of people and get the goodness of the journey that God's taking you on and, and sharing that. I'm looking forward to, to the new music you've got coming. So you've got a single coming in a couple of months. Are we going to see a, a full album soon? Yeah. So we're, we're releasing, I think, three more songs along with that single to complete the record that we began in the fall. So we, we released an EP in the fall, and then this EP will finish out that to complete an entire project. Um, so super excited about that. And also writing new music now. I have to kind of keep writing all the time. Um, so that's kind of the life of a of a singer songwriter is to just be writing all the time. So we're doing that too. And I'm just guessing you write very much from your heart, from your experiences. Um, your process, though, are you working just with your husband, or are there other people doing rights with you? How's how's that all come about? All of the above. I think with writing, you have to just. Um, roll with the punches. <laughs> you have to do a little bit of all of it. I, I write with my husband. I write, try to write alone some. I write with other people. Um, I schedule writes. And then I also try to do stuff when I'm just inspired. Uh, but it is a craft, an art, and a science. And so 
you kind of have to just have a discipline of writing anyway, whether you are feeling inspired. Interestingly enough, I felt no inspiration when I went in to write Into the Sea. And that song came out of just raw emotions uh, that I channeled from a dark season of my life. And then equally, when I went in to write, look what you've done, I did not feel any particular inspiration. I just wanted to write a song uh, about what God had done in my life. And then um, when I wrote Love Lifting Me, I really just wanted to write something that talked about my journey of healing. Um, and that whole theophostic prayer where you invite God to take you back to that memory of where you were hurt and ask him how he feels about it. That is really what provided freedom in my life. And so the first line of the song of Love Lifting Me is, um, when I'm hurting, I know you're there too. And so it's really about envisioning God in those places of woundedness in our, in our lives and in our history, knowing that God created time. So he stands outside of time. He was there when that happened to us, but he's still there. And so we can ask him to take us back there in our memory and in our spirit and let him talk to us about those things. And that journey of healing is really what it's all about for me, the book, the music, what I do, why I do it. Um, it is about what God has done in my life personally and wanting everyone to experience that kind of freedom. And I think it's something that lots of people don't realize that they actually need um, because especially in the UK, especially for blokes, we do like to just sort of just keep on plodding on, you know, we're, we're okay. And, uh, um, we're sort of happy with where we're at and don't rock the boat sort of thing. Yeah. But actually, if we give God that opportunity to speak into things where it's a lie, if a bloke goes, I've never been hurt, I never, I never had stuff that's gone wrong. I, I, and if any bloke thinks they totally perceive themselves correctly, I'm pretty sure that's a lie as well. Yeah. Because God has got so much to teach us about who he's made us to be uh, and uh, his amazing love for us that actually the thing you're talking about, the word you said, what was the word, the type of prayer you called it? Theophastic prayer. A word that I haven't heard before that I'm aware of, but I know exactly what you're talking about with it. And, and letting God minister to us by, by talking us through uh, a situation that's happened previously and how that's impacted us yeah. and being able to unlock that situation so that no longer defines us. It's a it's an amazing thing. So um, so We all need inner healing and we all need it all the time. <laughs> Because we've needed it from our past, but we also need it currently when we, when we get hurt or offended or anything like it's a tool we can go back to immediately and say, God, what do you, what are you saying about the situation? Where are you right now? And what do you want to say to me? It's an incredible thing when we uh, activate that in our lives. Do you think, Tasha, it's the sort of thing you could actually just do now on air for people just to pray and maybe some people can just listen carefully and quietly and just see if God will speak to them about something? Yeah. I'd say first off, you need to imagine a painful situation or a point of hurt in your life, a memory, and take that memory and hold it and if you can smell the room or see what, what the room looked like, or where are you, what's happening, describe the scene in your mind, envision it, and ask the Holy Spirit to take you there right now. What happened to you? 
what was said to you that hurt you? And in that moment, what were you feeling? So I think it's, a, it's common for us to stuff our emotions. Did you feel hurt? Did you feel sad? Did you feel ashamed? Did you feel unworthy or not valuable? What were you feeling? And then what was the vow that you made to yourself because of that? Did you say to yourself, I'll never let anyone in. I'll never let anyone know the real me. I'll always be perfect. So no one has a reason to reject me. I'll always try to be good enough. Those, some of the vows that you made. Now that you've held that memory and you've felt the feelings that you felt and you've recounted the vow that you made, what was the lie that you said to yourself? I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy or I'm not enough or I'm evil or I'm dirty. What was the lie you said to yourself about? And take that lie and hand it to Jesus and say, Jesus, show me where you were in the room. Where are you in the room? Where were you when that happened to me or that was said to me or I felt that? How do you feel about the lie? And what do you want to replace it with? What do you want to say to me right now? What's the truth? Maybe it's you are enough. Maybe it's you are perfect the way I made you. Maybe it's you are pure. Maybe it's you are worthy. You are valuable. Maybe it's I love you. So much of our heart is often taken over by the lies we believe or incorrect beliefs about ourselves or God. And when, when we know the truth of how he feels about us and what he thinks and who he is and who we are, it sets us free. So God, I ask that you would do that for the listeners now that as they walk through this process, that you yourself would be truth to them, that they could feel your presence and hear the truth that you want to proclaim over their lives. Have your way, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Tasha. I hadn't planned to ask you to do that tour. Didn't know you were going to talk about it. But I, I think actually with some people, it might have been a moment where they just went, oh, there is something there. And if you've been listening and you were going through that, just praying with Tasha and asking God to, to touch you, just want to encourage you, if you feel it's not finished, just take some time later with God. Maybe um, ask a, a Christian to, to come and pray with you and to help you just to listen to God about the truths that he wants to reveal to you that will replace and demolish the lies that have been living with you. Tasha, wow. Gosh, thank you. I love people who bring freedom. Uh, we all yeah. need it. So that's absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, we probably I should tell people how they can connect with you. In fact, maybe you should tell us where's yeah. your website, what socials are you on, things like that. Yeah, I'm on Instagram, Tasha Layton, T-A-S-H-A-L-A-Y-T-O-N. And uh, TashaLayton.com is the website. 
uh, Facebook, Twitter, all the things. <laughs> if you just Google my name, I'm sure it'll all come up. Yeah, you're you're there for sure. That's that. So yeah. hop onto your favorite social media platform. Uh, you'll find Tasha there, and of course, music probably on all the streaming platforms. I'm guessing YouTube as well. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's that's fab. So we have got one last track to play from you. Um, and it's the track you started to talk about called Love Lifting Me. So please give us an introduction to Love Lifting Me and we're looking forward to hearing it. You know, Love Lifting Me is is really based on that old hymn, uh, when nothing else could help, love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me. And I sang that as a child in, in a church in South Carolina. And I remember that song so well. And I, I wanted to write a song that captured the message of that when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. And that's where it comes from. Love Lifting Me by Tasha Layton. Uh, what an absolutely amazing lady. What a story she's got to tell. Uh, looking forward to new music from her before too long. And there are loads of other interviews from many artists with other stories that just talked about, really talk about Jesus' love and who he is and his work in their lives as well. And you can look those up on the artist interview. Just go to your favorite podcast platform and search that up. Uh, and it would really help us if you would uh, like or subscribe or share with a friend and get the blessing out there. Thanks so much for joining me, Gordon T. I'm looking forward to being with you for the next episode. God bless. Talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. This is the Hope FM Artist Interview.